You are listening to Did You Hear? 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 The Johnson County Library Podcast. This is your Library Insider. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Did You Hear? This is Dave Carson, and this is your Library Insider. A couple of weeks ago, I did a presentation on the promotional punch of podcasting at the Kansas Library Association Conference. Uh, we're going to just share that as this uh, episode. Uh, I hope you enjoy it and find it useful if you have any interest in becoming a podcaster or if you have a nonprofit and really want to get the word out. I really believe that it's a, a great way to communicate with your audience. One show note, this is the last episode, dramatic pause, of the year. We're coming back in 2021, we're going to regroup, we're going to bring in some other folks, and we're going to have some exciting changes. So wait for those. Until then, happy holidays, everyone, and enjoy yourselves, but we will be back. Thanks for coming, everyone. I'm Jeff Hickson at the State Library, uh, moderating this session, or at least monitoring Zoom for this session. And... Uh, since we don't have a lot of time, I'm just going to directly turn it over to Dave Carson of Johnson County Public Library for the session. Well, hi there. Um, thank you all for uh, coming today. Uh, listen, uh, my co-host uh, for this presentation and for the podcast is Melissa Horak-Hearn, and she is unable to attend today with some family issues. Um, if you have any questions, please put them in the chat. I have one of my colleagues, uh, Amy Jo. She's going to monitor those and interrupt me periodically to ask, but I do want you to ask questions if you have any. I'm not the expert, but um, I have done this for a couple years, and so, um, you know, uh, I have some things to share, <laughs> some lessons learned. Um, I hope you get a lot out of this and ultimately I hope you'll give it a shot because I think it is a really effective way to communicating with your audience. Um, uh, one note, we just had uh, 10,000 uh, downloads as of yesterday and that's with an asterisk and I'll tell you later in our uh, session exactly what that asterisk is about. Um, and I will be using the audio from this very session as our 50th podcast. So without further ado, I have some slides to share and I will do that. Um, okay. So uh, yeah, the, the name of the session is the promotional punch of podcasts. And so I am Dave Carson. I am from the Johnson County Library and uh, I am a web content developer. I've been doing this for about 14 years. Uh, before this, uh, I was at Iowa Public Television. Um, I've always enjoyed working for nonprofits and working in the multimedia realm um, and communication and web and you know all of that good stuff. Uh, so the big takeaways for today, I want you to realize that really anybody can do this. Really, the only one that can tell you no is you, and there's really no excuse not to. Uh, no matter the budget, no matter the time, uh, your technology, aptitude, or talent. And so um, I'm sounding like a motivational speaker, but it's true. I think uh, you should give it a, a shot and see how it goes. Um, the one thing that uh, I really want to stress is it's better to be authentic than to be good. Um, just 
be yourself and really realize that this is an opportunity for you to directly communicate with your audience and they'll appreciate you just being yourself. Um, and also note that podcasting is not everything. Um, it is just part of that communication stew that you are offering folks. Um, for some folks, uh, it's the best way to communicate with them, not everyone. Well, so for our podcast, our general uh, format is that um, we have an introduction with some music. Um, there's a little spoken part. Uh, we have a weekly word. Um, we have some music, uh, an introduction, an interview, a little bit of more music. Then we usually have librarians phone in with some book recommendations, uh, closing message, and music. And so the history of the podcast, uh, the why has changed. So this kind of started when we were meeting as our promotional committee and we we're trying to figure out you know some other ways that we can promote our events and so we did that for about the first uh, uh, six to eight months of our first uh, year of the podcast and uh, what we discovered is that there's a couple problems with that. One, um, if you're just doing events, it's not timely. Once that event has passed, nobody really wants to go <laughs> listen to promotions about old events. And so if you really focus in on um, concentrating on your services and all the good stuff you have to offer, that's timeless. And so you can keep using that um, and putting it out there in your social media channels or on your website. And so we really moved away from events. And what we found is that people really love not only learning, uh, having a deep dive about our services that we offer, but the behind the scenes stories. Those are the ones that really tend to uh, get a lot of attention. Um, what I was trying to play for you just a moment ago was an introduction from our census episode. And so that is our number one episode and Granted, that has some really great information, so that's why that was popular. But uh, if you see the graphic here, uh, this was found in our return bin. Um, it says, uh, how many beans until I'm satisfied? What? Why do people put things like this in our return bins? And so uh, that was a very popular episode as well. And so what we found is, you know, just to kind of personalize the library and, and tell people those stories that we share with each other, well, why not share with our patrons as well? So some highlights uh, that we've had uh, doing this podcast gave me the opportunity to interview Mike Massimino, uh, an astronaut. Um, and I think that just putting yourself out there and giving yourself a chance to talk about the events and the things that are interesting about your library and things that are happening at your library, you get to be a part of that. And we happen to have uh, Mike Massimino come to our library uh, for a presentation. So I got to interview him. And so that was pretty exciting stuff. Um, we're averaging about 210 listeners per episode. And uh, we, we hope to grow that. But like I said earlier, this doesn't have to be the end all be all. So, um, you know, as long as uh, it's part of our reach, that's what we're really going for. So I said the, the, um, the what has changed, um, but the how has changed as well. So we originally started on YouTube. And 
I think we had 23 episodes on there. And so earlier when I said there was an asterisk when we hit 10,000 uh, downloads, um, we had actually had uh, quite a few people following us on, on YouTube. And that was a quick, free, easy way for us to get our podcast out there and, and started. And then once we saw that we had an audience, we decided to go to a more professional um, platform. And so um, anytime that we need help uh, in, in the process of any of the steps that we need to do, whether any kind of technical glitches or things like that, we simply go to YouTube for help um, and that's really helpful. Um, so our process begins with planning and scheduling and kind of taking a look at what uh, is, is happening in, in the library, what services that we feel like would be beneficial for people to really uh, have explained and, and shared with them. So we brainstorm a lot of different topics. Um, we also try to get patrons involved. And so we ask them through social media like Facebook and Twitter, um, what, what topics are they interested in? Uh, we also get them to participate in the podcast by asking them to uh, have, uh, you know, identify words that we can use for our weekly word. Um, and so we really identify all our needs and interests, and then uh, we make appointments with all of the folks that are going to be involved with our podcast. So uh, still on process equipment and uh, podcast hosting services. So recording, any microphone uh, will do. What I would do if you're considering doing podcasts is do an assessment of what your organization already has. If you have stuff lying around, use it. It's cheap. Get started. Then once you get rolling, you can make a case for getting some fancier equipment. Um, so really, any microphone that works with your computer is great. Um, a headset like this with a microphone, while we've been away from the library and working from home, um, you know, th this works just fine. Um, and also consider purchasing a uh, handheld field recorder. If you don't have that, you can always use your phone, use the recorder on your phone. And so those are some really great ways uh, to, to get started for the basics of, of recording. Um, for a professional setup, you know, consider getting a digital audio interface. We prefer the uh, Scarlett Focusrite, and that's where you can take these XLR. Those are those three prong microphones that you see musicians use and things like that. And um, we always get uh, condenser microphones. And then, believe it or not, these swing arms that hold the microphone and have a little kind of, you've probably seen like your favorite musician singing and they've got like a little black circle around them between their mouth and the microphone. That's a, to protect from the p P's and the S's. And so, believe it or not, that uh, swing arm is like 12 bucks on amazon.com. And so, um, it really, helps uh, you know prevent a lot of little bumps and things that can disturb your recording. And so software, um, if you want to go the free route, you know, I would take a look at your computer, see what uh, kind of software you already have on it. Um, I know to download, you could use Audacity. On a Mac, uh, GarageBand is always a good option and it comes with most uh, Mac operating systems, I believe. Um, we 
were using GarageBand, but now we use a product called Adobe Audition. And uh, there will be a learning curve to that, but I think whatever you chose to use, um, you know, there's gonna be a bit of a learning curve. Um, but uh, like I said, go to YouTube, look at the videos anytime that you have any trouble. Now, during the COVID period, one of the things that um, we encountered is, you know, we can't be in the office to record our, our podcast. And so we had to do everything from scratch um, and kind of start over and do it from home. And one of the pieces of software that we use, and I would encourage you all to check this out, it's free. They do have um, a, a pay version, which gives you a higher quality recording. But let me kind of temper that by saying the end file that you upload to your podcast hosting service is going to be an MP3. And so the free version of Zencaster will record an MP3, whereas you can get a pay version where you're getting a WAV file. But honestly, we've been using Zencaster during the COVID period, and it has been uh, just um, great for us. It's It's been crystal clear audience. And I would encourage you to go to our, um, our, our podcast home, which is uh, jocolibrary.podbean.com. And uh, you can find our podcast there. And our last episode was uh, uh, Cash Bail. And that was done almost exclusively through Zencaster. And I think you would agree that the, the, the quality is really good. Um, so other ways to get staff in, involved in the recording. So one thing that I realized very soon, and maybe you're like me, maybe your phone is digital and those messages that people leave you um, are a digital recording. And so those can be used in your podcast. So what, what I do is I have people phone in uh, messages and then I'll take those messages, that actual file, and I can use that audio file and put it right into my podcast. So what are some examples? Well, I have staff um, call in with author quotes. I have staff call in with um, uh, book reviews or book suggestions or really any item in our collection. Then I also have um, people from the community that we want to get involved in uh, the podcast. So we have different writing contest winners we'll have them call and read their stories. So we've had elementary kids do that, uh, teens do that. Uh, we put out a publication called Elementia. So we've had um, different writers and uh, you know, poets um, and artists call and, and talk about their work. And it's, it's a quick and easy way to get them involved. And so using your phone. Still on process equipment and podcast hosting services. Um, Editing. So let's talk a little bit about uh, pre-produced bits. So um, like I said, we have an intro to our show. So that's pre-produced. We usually have a closing that's pre-produced. Um, then um, pre-produced with somebody doing the weekly word. And then we use royalty-free music. And so some of the services that I've used are Incomtech, uh, Purple Planet Music, uh, you can use YouTube. And then 
one thing that I find uh, is helpful in the editing process for us, and this is just a style choice, and also because of time, um, it's not the only thing I do in my job for sure, and I'm sure this would not be the only thing you do in your job. Um, we try to keep those conversations intact. We don't go through and edit out every little um or you know uh, time that we misspeak, and I misspeak all the time, and I'm okay with that. <laughs> Um, so, uh, anyways, uh, that's editing. And so then the publishing process, like I said, we originally did this on YouTube and you could edit this in a video, uh, editing, uh, program and upload it to YouTube. Or if you're going to use an audio editing program, uh, we have a service that we pay for, I believe it's $12 a month but a quick search on the internet will reveal that there are a number of free sources as well, as long as your patrons don't mind a few commercials. Um, but we use Podbean. And so basically, after I get done editing an episode, I will export it and then I go to the interface at Podbean and I upload the uh, episode. I upload some artwork. And by the way, all the artwork that you see as Part of my slideshow here is uh, from different episodes of, of our podcast. Um, and so then I write a quick description and I hit publish and it's out there in the world. And the nice thing is uh, there's a share um, function and I can then either share that URL uh, to the podcast or I can take like basically a widget and I can embed that into our website. So that's, that's what I do. Um, so uh, I guess the one thing I do want to mention is then for those images, we use um, uh, iStock, um, but there are all sorts of free uh, image services out there that you can use to uh, create an episode image. Okay, staff involvement. I don't know if any of you recognize this guy, but uh, this is Greg Windsor. He's one of our readers advisory uh, librarians and uh, he's kind of a superhero. So um, one of the goals I had with this podcast was to make sure that we had as many uh, voices represented in the library as possible. I always said that librarians are so freaking smart and so interesting, we need to have their voices heard. And so having them as the guests on the podcast um, or just getting them involved in any way, whether that's uh, pre-recorded parts or, or having them call in or even just to be consultants, you know, that's what makes the library uh, podcast successful and I think rewarding to everyone around. And uh, it's really a group effort in that way. Um, I think at one point, uh, Boy, just after the first year, we had well over 50 different people get involved with the podcast from our staff. And I realize um, not there's a lot of different size of libraries here, and um, you know, we're, we're, I guess we're pretty big. But um, you know, I think if you ask around, you'll be surprised at how many people would be interested in participating, even just a little bit in your podcast. Um, so. I, like I said, just try to involve anyone, whether they're arts, music, uh, you know, uh, 
you know, exterior folks that are exhibiting artists or, you know, readers advisory. Um, we have a program we call Author Research in Action, where we bring in external folks. So we bring in two award-winning authors and uh, one is a subject matter expert and the other is doing research for, you know, a book in that topic field. And so they conduct the interview themselves. A lot of times my favorite episodes are the ones where I introduce it and I get the heck out of the way. Um, have librarians interview authors or other people, uh, maybe in the business community or in politics. Um, with the authors, uh, author research in action, it's so neat to just turn it over to two authors and let them talk. And it's, it's pretty cool. Um, it's a great way for us to uh, reach out and, and talk a little bit more about civic engagement um, beyond what we have in our programs. Uh, career and finance, especially during COVID, there's been such a need and, and so many questions about, you know, jobs and career and, and what to do and where to look. Um, and so uh, having a voice for those librarians on the podcast is, is really important. Um, E-resources, oh my gosh, I put e-rources. <laughs> e-rources, uh, so e-resources, um, you know, a, a lot of that is still a mystery to a lot of our patrons. And so the more attention you can give, um, the better. And sometimes people just like to hear it um, or they like to see it. Um, not just read it. And so, like I said, the podcast is, is part of a mix of a lot of different types of communication to your audience. Um, and then we, we uh, uh, have different guests that come uh, from our actual programs come be part uh, of, of the podcast. And so uh, Mike Massimino was a good example of that. Um, and we were just talking today that we're going to have some authors come. And so, you know, be nice to have some of those authors come be part of the podcast um, months before they uh, are, are going to be at our event. And it's, it's a great way to promote their visit. So some of the topics, um, like I said, we did a, a lot of uh, behind the scenes of library land. Um, we spotlight services like uh, e-library e and other things like that. We have uh, quirky little uh, genres in our collection, like, um, you know, if you ask your, your librarians, you'll, you'll find out that they have some varied interests and, uh, we have a, a K-pop expert and really everything Korean media. And so, um, she's done two podcasts. One was on, uh, Korean television and then, uh, uh K-pop, um, you know, and then it's okay to, you know, have the occasional event or program uh, uh, you know, that you're going to share. It's, it's not going to be timeless, right? And so somebody in the future is probably not going to go back and listen to that one. But some things are so big that you really want to uh, make sure that uh, you, you have it on the podcast. Uh, also, I mentioned uh, teen and uh, kid author readings. And then uh, really anything that is, uh, is good sound. And so all right. So how does podcasting fit into your marketing plan? Well, like I said before, it doesn't have to be everything. It's just one of uh, many approaches and it's a fun 
part of marketing because any of you that that are marketing events to your audience you know it's hard work and this is kind of that um reward it's that um really enjoyable payoff to all the hard work and i i think it's kind of like teaching you know when you're in front of a classroom you tend to learn more about the topic uh, than your students do, right? And so when you're putting together marketing for your different events and programs and services, you know, writing about it isn't enough. You need to tell someone. And so podcasting is a great way to do that. Um, you know, at, at this point, uh, I realized I probably talked really fast. <laughs> And I'm to the good luck screen, and this is uh, where we uh, hope that these tips will help you go out and create something awesome. And if you ever need help at all, um, please feel free to reach out. And um, I see my email address is incorrect. It's actually Carson D at jocolibrary.org. And uh, I would be happy to help you get started in any way, you know, that I can, or if you ever have troubleshooting. Um, like I said, I've, I've been in this field for about 25 years, and uh, my, I've been at Johnson County Library for uh, 14. So uh, we've only been doing podcasting for, we've been two years on Podbean and about um, another six to eight months on YouTube before that. But with that, uh, Amy, were there any questions that came in? We don't have any questions. We do have, um, I posted the link to our podcast and, um, Nancy posted the link to her library's podcast. She says we do local author interviews author readings, oral histories, blogs, and readers theater. So definitely check that one out too. Um, we do have one question from Boyd. How easy is it to do a remote interview? Okay, so with this software called Zencaster, let me just pull this up here. And there are other, uh, there are others that you can use. But with Zencaster, what's very cool about it is that um, you use Zencaster as the place that you do your recording for a remote recording. So this is how it works. All right, I'm gonna go in and I've created an account at Zencaster. And again, it's free and so um, then I give my recording a title and I put in the email addresses and the names of the folks that I want to participate. Zen, then I, I hit send or, or invite. Zencaster sends an email to those folks. And so I always tell the people that I'm going to be interviewing, um, look for this email from Zencaster 10 minutes before we start recording. And so they get that and they come into what I call the lobby. So they follow this link and we're all in this place together in Zencaster that's the lobby. That's where we coordinate and we all 
kind of plan out what we're going to do. I answer any questions. I double check to make sure everybody's using a headset and a microphone and that I can hear them and um, that they can hear me. And then we hit the record button and we go into this other online room and we start recording. And at the end, what happens is every person that is recording is recording um, to their own computer and in, in kind of like RAM memory. And so instead of like, say you have three people in the interview, instead of all that going to a central place to be recorded where that's three different pathways where things can go wrong. You can get audio warbling and all that. Instead, it's recording straight from your microphone, each participant's microphone. So you end up with three different files that you'll have to assemble later in the editing process, but it ends up with just crystal clear um, uh, uh, files. And, and so uh, the recording is great. I can't recommend it highly enough. And um, during the COVID period, uh, they uh, are making this com completely free. It's usually free um, with stipulations, like you can only do like one recording a month or um, you can only have one guest. But right now it's like unlimited guests and, uh, and uh, as long as you want. And so uh, highly recommend that. Uh, and any other questions? Yes, we've got a question from Nancy. Um, have you done any podcasts where the person you are interviewing is on the phone is on the phone only, not a computer or a smartphone? Um, I I have not. Um, however, I. I think that um, the, the, the best solution for that would be to look at apps if you have a smartphone and consider um, what telephone recording software is available. And that would probably be the easiest way around that one. So we have a couple other questions. Um, oh, Nancy says thank you for that answer. Um, what kind of mixer or soundboard do you use? Is there a particular feature that is absolutely necessary or at least highly recommended? And then any other recommendations for gear like mics or headphones? Yeah, okay, uh, sure. Um, so what we use, um, we, we have our condenser mics on mic stands um, when we're in office those microphones plug into a digital audio interface. And so I can control the levels on that. And basically um, I can plug headphones into it and kind of monitor um, the, the volume. And you have to constantly remind people to, to put their mouth just real close to the microphone. You don't want people far away. And so that records directly into a computer. Um, you could use GarageBand, you could use uh, Audacity. We use Adobe's Audition. Now, 
I will say this, if you don't have the budget for a digital audio interface, that is not a game breaker at all. I think the one thing that we've, the one thing, the one and only thing we've learned during the COVID area is that, um, you know, it's really about the communication. And I think people are pretty forgiving about the quality because we're all using what we have right now. And I, I think um, if you, just have a microphone that you can plug directly into your computer and you have that audio software pulled up, you're going to be just fine. It's going to be, uh, it's going to be a, a good recording. Um, it's just, if you're, you're able to use higher end uh, equipment, then it'll sound better. Um, and you know, the nice thing is uh, have your podcast grow, start off small, um, go inexpensive. And as you get a following, you can make a case, to someone to get some grant money and get you something a little nicer. Any other questions, Amy? No other questions right now. Yeah, so um, I'll, I'll just say that, um, you know, uh, it, it takes a little bravery to put yourself out there and uh, to, to kind of engage in this but I really feel like it's, it's an effective thing. And um, there, don't be afraid to fail. There's a lot of trial and error. Um, when I first started at our library, we partnered with science organizations and we were part of a group called KC Science Inc. And so I did a podcast called I'm a Scientist Podcast. And um, it was where I, I would go and interview different scientists in the area and they would talk about their career. And it was really interesting. Um, the failure there uh, was that I didn't know the equipment back then. And, um, you know, uh, a lot of times when I thought I was recording, um, with my external microphones plugged into my computer, I discovered that my, my uh, jacks were bad, uh, you know, the inputs were bad. And so every interview I had was actually recording through the microphone on my computer. Well, sometimes the computer was far away from, you know, my subject. And so those recordings just weren't great. And some of them were just not usable at all. And so, you know, I, I think the important thing is that's okay, you know, learn from that and um, there'll be other episodes, um, you know, back then, you know, it was only a handful that we had for Casey Science Inc. and I'm a scientist, but here we are, um, you know, at Johnson County, we've, for the Did You Hear podcast, I guess that's 73 episodes, 50 of them um, on our current uh, hosting service, Podbean. So um, definitely allow yourself to, to, to learn, but isn't that what we do at a library? Dave, we had one more question come in. Um, any headphone or mic brand recommendations? Okay, so the Shure microphone is, uh, it's, it's a, a real uh, proven microphone that a lot of folks will use. If you just search for Shure and, and look for um, a condenser microphone, um, You'll, you'll recognize it because like any band that you've ever seen, any musician, this is what they use. And it's $99. So if it, 
you know, it's a little pricey, but it's not as pricey as some microphones. <laughs> um, and as far, as far as headphones, I love uh, the brand Sennheiser. Uh, also, Sony has never uh, steered me wrong either. We have some uh, Stony, Stony, um, Sony uh, uh, professional studio quality micro, uh, headphones. But really, if you're just starting, take a look around and just see what your organization has. I mean, see what, see what microphones are there and what headphones you have already, and then uh, build upon that. Just swap stuff out as you can afford it. Um, if you can afford it right now, yeah, um, the, um, the Shure microphone is good. Um, Sennheiser makes excellent microphones. Um, one thing that we do is we swap out some of the shotgun microphones that we have for our video cameras, and we use those to record guests. We also have uh, some Sennheiser uh, microphones that are used to um, dangle over an amplifier uh, for a guitar or you know any kind of instrument like that. We can use those to record, um, but generally we just use those sure ones. Um, the nice thing is if you start collecting all these microphones, you can interview a bunch of people all at the same time. Any other questions? No other questions. Thank you, Michael, for the link to the Sure microphones. That's great. Ah, great. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll go back to that screen that had uh, some of our suggestions here of equipment. Yeah, just to review. Um, Zencaster is is good for um, doing uh, remote recordings, and then uh, Adobe Audition or GarageBand or Audacity are are good. And they're they're all what you call um, non-linear editors. And so, if you think about linear edit editors, um, back in the day when you had like a, a one single strip of tape audio tape or, or even film, if you wanted to, you know, um, cut it, you had to physically cut it and then tape it together. So uh, nonlinear editors, it's kind of a, a misnomer because it's still in a line, but you get multiple lines, so several tracks. And so in these editors, you're able to put different voices on top of each other. And, and that's what a recording session is. The nice thing about that is you can go and edit out anything that uh, is is a problem. Um, somebody coughs or goes on a, a cursing spree. That doesn't happen. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, we do have another question. Sure. How do you measure your audience response? Ah, yeah. So that's that's a good question. Um, so we have been really judging it by the number of uh, folks that uh, just, you know, audience listens, uh, the uh, numbers of, of listens. And so we, that's provided by our pod, uh, podcast hosting service, Podbean. And so um, that tells us how many people are, are listening each episode. It also um, breaks down the engagement, like how long they're listening. 
And, um, you know, kind of informally, when you hear back from your audience, or when you put a question out there on social media, that's, that kind of is a, like I said, an informal way to kind of gauge interest and to know that people are out there. Any other questions? No other questions have come in. Okay. Oh, wait, just kidding. One just <laughs> came in. <laughs> have you used the voice recording app on an iPhone to convert into your pod podcast? No, I haven't, but I think that's a really great point of, of really looking at one, what you're familiar with, uh, two, what's available to you, use those things and you'll be surprised at how many things are already out there to help you get started on your podcast journey. And so um, it's, it's been a really rewarding uh, experience doing this podcast. And, uh, you know, some of the highlights like uh, the, our census episode, we had 975 listens to that. And I think it's because it's information that people really want and they don't know who to go to. They go to the uh, government website and they might find it confusing, but they came to our podcast because they wanted to hear it. They want to hear somebody explain it to them. And so it's those kind of topics that I feel like have been just really rewarding. And so, um, boy, I, I hope all of you will consider podcasting as part of your promotional push and if you do, please reach out to me and let me know. I'll, I'll, I'll be a follower. I'll listen to your podcast and uh, maybe, maybe you'll do the same for, for us. Um, but, uh, you know, like I said, it's uh, not just the events, but, but the services and then just helpful information that the community needs. Like, like I said, the last episode was our, our cash bail episode. And uh, that's really about an issue in the community. Um, some of the others, like I said, I, I try to get as many different uh, uh, voices from the library um, to participate. And so I've done these, what I call five for five episodes, where we do five different topics from five different people, five minutes at a time. And so it really gives you a chance to go through all the different parts of the library and just say, hey, what's going on? And you'll find that uh, it's a really great way to spread the the, the word about the good work that everyone's doing. While, while there is, uh, you know, five minutes left here, I will um, uh, kind of highlight some of the things that we've done. So um, we've had an episode of Young Fantasy Writing Contest winners. And so, um, so great to be able to have patrons participate in the podcast. And um, then, um, I talked about our author research in action. So um, having uh, a discussion about uh, incarceration and uh, how that led to a, a career in um, being a writer, I, th I think that's fascinating. Um, one of our programs was Dungeons and Dragons. And so a librarian and uh, some, some other librarians, they had me play the game of Dungeons and Dragons as a podcast uh, to demonstrate what people would actually experience in our uh, live program. 
Um, it's always great to like uh, summer reading recommendations. It's always great to get uh, librarians to talk about uh, books and and th those types of uh, you know suggestions. And I don't know if I mentioned uh, we we try to uh, involve our local uh, arts community, and so we'll have artists come in, and so that includes like exhibiting artists as well as uh, musical artists. And so the musical artists are great because they get to play music and uh, we get to record them and talk to them a little bit. And they're usually involved in some of our physical programming. And so it's great to include them. Um, same with the um, exhibiting artists or, or just professional artists um, like children's book illustrators. And so uh, sometimes uh, you know, you can grab them and get them on the podcast and, and talk to them before uh, they're part of one of your programs. We had another question come in, Dave. Sure. Uh, Michael says, I was late to the party, so I apologize if you already answered this, but is this something that can be done without sinking tons of time into it? <laughs> yeah, I, I think so. I think I think it's it's as little or as much as as you want. I mean, certainly consider what your audience needs. And I was thinking about this that there might be some libraries out there that really all you need is to do a quarterly podcast and say, "Hey, here's what's coming up in, you know, the next 4 months." And uh that's it. You know, do do four of those each year, you know? Um but honestly, it's you talking. And, and one of the points that I made earlier is that you don't have to edit everything. Um, we try to just leave the conversations intact. And we just say, hey, you know what? We're a library podcast. We're trying to convey some information. Our goal is not to be perfect. And uh, one of the points I made earlier uh, at the onset was it's better to be authentic than to be good. Well, I think that is about it then. Um, you know, I, I would definitely use your creativity to think about the different ways that uh, you could use podcasting um, in your promotional soup. But uh, do take a look at our, our jokolibrary.podbean.com page and take a look at all the different types of episodes that we've had and it might get the ball rolling, um, it might, it might uh, help you think about all the different things that you could do. Um, you know, when we shared all the things that we found in our return bin, or when we had an episode on library hacks, you know, it's, it's a, a really fun way to connect with uh, the audience. And, and uh, it's neat to see when they, they share those things with other people and um, just spreads the word about what we're doing at the library.